smoke clears, right? Those two dames fall amazingly, completely, and totally in love with us, why? Check it out. Yo! Check us out! Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Oh, come on, Spearsy. When I said I wanted to hang out with you and pick up chicks, I meant your bachelor pad, not the mall. Come on, dude, have faith. One of the greatest movies of the entire 80s revolves around regular schleps, just like you and me, Doughboy, picking up total hotties at the mall. Plus, we can get an Orange Julius. Miami Spice? No, dude, weird science. Weird science? Are you kidding me? It's one of the worst movies of the 80s. It doesn't even make sense. How are we going to use that to our benefit? It can be done. Watch and learn, my friend. Check out this little filly over here. Hang on. Oh, miss? Hi, guys. Um, hey, yeah. How would you, uh, like to have a very weird, bizarre, vivid, erotic, wet, detailed dream? Huh? Are you serious? <laughs> no, no, no. What he means is, how about a nice greasy pork sandwich served in the dirty ashtray? No, no, not that line. Something sexier, something more sincere. Uh, I'd really like to butter your muffin? <laughs> Look, guys, you're really creeping me out. What's your story? Look, I'm sorry. It's just that, you know, we wanted to invite you to a little party. There's going to be sex, drugs, rock and roll, chips, dips, chains and whips. You know, your basic high school orgy kind of thing. Oh, well, as long as you're not talking about candle wax on my nipples, or witchcraft, or anything like that... <laughs> No, no, just Sean and I running around in our underwear. Well, okay then. Oh my God, I can't believe that worked. By the way, why are you wearing bras on your heads? Ah, yes, it's stuck in the 80s time. Hey, it's your host, it's your buddy, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, the movie, the music, and the mayhem... Of weird science. Weird science. With me, a person who conjures up some other M words, none of which I can say on today's podcast. Hey, it's Sean Daly. Yeah, I have M words. How about my friend? Oh my God, it's the sincere version of Sean it's Daly. The quiet, sincere. By the way, that intro we did, I had to follow script, but I. Love Orange Julius, man. You threw that Orange Julius thing in there. It totally threw me off. Total ad lib. Let's go get some Orange Julius after the show. That'd be great. Nice. Here's a question, though. Uh-huh. Our intro, lamer than the movie Weird Science <laughs> itself, <laughs> or, or appropriately uh, stupid? You know, over, the, uh, over the, the 13 years that we've been doing this show, <laughs> at least it's felt like 13 years. What are we at? Uh, just nine. Uh, you know, a lot of people have asked for us to do a Weird Science show. And um, last week, I taunted you with a box set that was delivered to me, just me, called the High School Flashback. 
uh, collection, which had three John Hughes movies, The, the Breakfast Club, uh, 16 Candles, and Weird Science. And you want to know something? I had never seen Weird Science before. There's no other explanation. It had to be a dream. Wait, let's analyze this. All right, in your dream, did I get up in the middle of the night and yak in your sink? How is that even possible? I had seen bits and pieces, but never had sat down and watched the whole thing. And the fur fiance will quote it every now and then. And it drives me effing crazy. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, FF, sit your ass down. We're watching Weird Science. And let me say this, okay? Weird Science is a terrible movie. Now, allow me to go on. Okay, please do. John Hughes directed eight movies in his career, okay? And this is by far the least stylized, the most artless of them all. And I'm including Curly Sue in there. Okay, hold on, hold on. I see you about to launch. <laughs> it is the dialogue is, is not like John Hughes' dialogue. It doesn't really snap. There are great, great lines, but it doesn't snap like all this other stuff do. The editing, the cinematography, the, the rhythm, the pacing, the, 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 the shots, there's no sort of trickery at all. It's almost like a throw-off. It's almost like he did it... You know, in, in, in two weeks and said, whatever. He had to get it out of his system. All that said, I enjoyed my time watching Weird Science with Jen. That there is a time capsule quality of those movies that I can still get into and enjoy. You guys are the ones that got beat up at the homecoming game, right? Hmm. How do you feel about my comments right now? I'm digesting them. Along with our uh, fantastic lunch that we had today, <laughs> I bought you lunch. For yeah, helping me out. Yeah, yeah. the um, you know I have to agree with you. I remember seeing Weird Science back in '85 when it first came out, and of course it's uh, Hughes's third big film. It was it was following Sixteen Candles, and he wrote it during Breakfast Club. He See, w- I don't even get that. He wrote it in two days. It doesn't even really sound like a John. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. He yeah. wrote it in two days? Two days. That's a great tidbit. Two dollars. The, um, the whole point, though, is he comes out with this, and everyone goes to the theater expecting you know, Breakfast Club 2, 16 Candles 2. Everyone expects that magic again. And he doesn't, he doesn't deliver. It is not like the third movie of that you know, little trilogy. It's a shambles. It's not a shambles, though. It's something totally different. And I think what he wanted to do was, after making these two really, I mean, I mean, uh, Breakfast Club is, you know, I have to, hate to say deep, when associating any 80s movie. It's deep, especially compared to 16 Candles. But here comes Weird Science. And Weird Science isn't deep. It, it's practically a farce. It, it's, it almost reeks of every other teenage movie of the 80s. But I think what, what Hughes wanted was he wanted to break. I think he just kind of wanted to say, you know what? I just want to make a movie that I think is fun to make. I, just, I don't want to have to sit here and worry about, uh, you know, bizarre, dark themes and parent teenage angst. I just want to make a movie about uh, tits and ass and, uh, you know, getting drunk and throwing up. But that's fine. That you, you can have all that stuff. I mean, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is about that. And you, I mean, there are lots of movies, Porky's even, they're just about tits and ass that are well done. He didn't even seem to give a shit about making this movie, though. Now, when you came out, in 1985, when you came out of that theater, you weren't happy. No. Well, because it wasn't what I went in. It's like any more time you go into a movie and you don't get what you expect. I mean, right. even if what you get is better than what you expected, you're still kind of bewildered. Now, 
the one great thing you lent me your DVD over the week over the weekend, and I were I you watched really it. upset that I got that beautiful yeah. flashback? Yeah. Well, I sent it to you. And it I was in this cool it. metal locker. Still don't get it. Wait, not, wait, what do you mean you don't get it? Because well, if you're gonna send it to if you're gonna send it to a stuck in the '80s person, wouldn't you send it to to me, the guy who writes the blog? I'm Sean Goddamn Daily. <laughs> I'm on the show. I know I my fat ass. Well, why did I get one too? That's what I guess. My point is. I'll get over it. People know who I am. I'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all too true. Uh, I'm a little profile. This is your realm. This is your no, realm. No, it's your realm. To Spearsy. <laughs> anyway, you can borrow my uh, awesome movies whenever you want. I, I still have half of them in my car, by the way. Underneath my referee cleats. <laughs> how dirty. Give me protocol back at God. least. Yeah, that's the one you want back of all of them. At least Private Benjamin's got some good bed, uh, you know, breast shots in it. <laughs> anyway, the... Um, uh, it's not really remastered. No, it's not remastered. All they do is they throw in a few uh, making of DVD they were, they were features. Kind of the no, though. they were interesting. What's really freaky though is seeing Anthony Michael Hall all you know roided out. All roided out. <laughs> if you're not gonna say it, I am. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, is this a movie where he suddenly goes from being a geek to being a stud? Yeah, I think that kind of bothers me a bit too. Is that these guys are supposed to be, you know, giant losers on, uh, you know, on par with Farmer Ted, but obviously Hughes and Anthony Michael Hall getting older. I mean, he's closer to Johnny B. Good than he is to sixteen. It's, it's kind of gross his character in this, the hair and yeah. Well, they um, I remember watching um Anthony Michael Hall give his interview in, in the featurette, and he was saying something about the haircut because it's become kind of an iconic haircut. And he said that Hughes had spotted it in a magazine or something like that at the time and said, hey, how about this haircut? And gave him that sort of floppy do. Um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people remember this was really a simple movie with a real simple plot. I mean, all it was was two kids, two horny kids who couldn't get laid in a morgue, I think is uh, how the phrase goes, who basically create a uh, woman using their computer, which that irritates me more than anything because, yeah, like that's going to happen. You know me. Yeah, you are really you do tech get, out on me a little bit. I get bit. upset when when people uh do uh computer do computer, you know, tomfoolery and it doesn't make any real sense in the real world. Well, you told me that they, you know, they they create of course Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. Who I really enjoyed in this motion picture. Everybody does. My lord, is she hot. Well, you know, the DVD container's been sitting on my desk now for a week and it's the scene with her wearing the cut-off t-shirt yeah. and the panties. And people will come up and start talking to me about something else, and then their mind just starts to go because they start focusing on the Kelly LeBrock picture. You know that that T-shirt and panties. Hughes does a really kind of twisted thing where he later has the character of Wyatt, who is played by Elon Mitchell Smith. Yeah, they have Wyatt wear the same T-shirt and panties. Remember, yeah. he gets up in the morning, and so this really like. The sexy alpha is now on this, you know, half naked young young boy, which is kind of weird. I was a little weirded out by that. And then he runs into his older brother Chet, the great Bill Paxton, who just <laughs> rips into him about that he's wearing a women's uh, yeah. you know, woman's shirt. And then takes off his towel. <laughs> that might be the first. Is that the first male buttock shot that we get in any John Hughes movie? Yeah, another thing about about weird science, yeah, is that okay? You have uh, it's you know it's really deeply sexual, you know, but it's also I you know I started to watch it with my youngest, thinking she'd be entertained by it. It is so utterly profane. 
incredibly profane. If you listen to it with a kid and you kind of wince, I mean, they say bitch and shit, and I think they some gay uh, derogatory terms are said. Yeah. I think. Uh, oh yeah, Michael Hall said, the Brock says. Yeah, the it. F word is kind of just tossed around like crazy, you know. Right. So uh, it's it's really crass too. It, it is. I, I don't think he carried an R rating though. I don't think he would have. You don't see Kelly LeBrock naked. You Unfortunately, sort of, you, you see her a little bit. You see her in the shower. And a lot of people thought, oh, this is like a soft porn movie. But then it really isn't. It's kind of like, God damn you, John Hughes. Yeah. If John Hughes made a porn movie, what would it be called? The Breakfast Pud? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. You can't just, you can't just do that to me. I'm going to give a, ba- a, a box of macaroni and cheese that was uh, helpfully shipped to us by, I think it was Brad. How about, how about 16 anals? <laughs> 16 <laughs> Oh man! If anybody can top sixteen anals, you get uh, you get the Funyuns or Munchos of your choice sent to us. And, uh, uh, planes, trains, and c- <laughs> <laughs> sorry, crass. See now I'm crass. Yeah. So you've been tainted by you know uh, Elon Mitchell Smith is. Um, I wanted to have him on the show. All right. It was my dream to do this show uh, with him as a special guest, and that's why we've taken so long to do it. He uh, he's not returned my repeated emails. Imagine that. Yeah. Now it's funny getting back to uh, getting back to, to the movie itself. You, uh, when you were on your blog the other day, when you told people we were going to do a show on weird science, you said that it has the best quotes of any John Hughes movie. Is that correct? Yeah. You want me to prove it? Really, over Breakfast Club, Planes, <sighs> Trains, Sixteen Candles. I mean, that's a mighty statement. You better bring I'm, it. I'm going to try to bring it. You ready? Yeah, here we go. I give you the top ten quotes from Weird Science. Number ten. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Number nine. If you're going to float an air biscuit, let me know, okay? Float a what? If you're going to fart, if you're going to squeeze cheese, let me know, okay? I'll hit the fan. Number eight. I want to get to the bottom of this. A-S-A-F-T. Oh, so do I. But first, I'd like to butter your muffin. Why do you have to be such a wanker? Because I get off on it. Number seven. I'd like to open up by apologizing for the icy today at the mall. It's very immature, and I'm sorry. And uh, it was just... But it was just like tomfoolery. Number six. You know, there's going to be sex, drugs, rock and roll, chips, dips, chains, whips. You know, your basic high school orgy type of thing. I mean, uh, I'm not talking candle wax on the nipples or witchcraft or anything like that. No, no, no. No, just a couple of hundred kids running around in their underwear, acting like complete animals. Number five. You know, Gear? Hmm. For the first time in my life, I don't feel like a total dick. Yeah, me either. Number four. Uh, do you have a bra to match that? Something in leather or rubber or barbed wire? Give me a break. Number three. You like your panties? It's a joke, Jay. You know, it's all... That's not a joke. That is a severe behavioral disorder. Those are women's underpants. I mean, the next thing you know, you'll be wearing a bra on your head. Number two. Tell me something. 
What's a beautiful bride like you doing with a malaka like this, huh? It's purely sexual. No shit. She's into malakas, Dino. Number one. How about a nice, greasy pork sandwich served in a dirty ashtray? Okay. All right. I see what you're doing. It's a pretty good argument. I don't know if it's the, 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 the best quotes from a John Hughes movie, but pretty good. However, I notice that you really enjoy the character of Chet. Do you, do you identify with him, mainly because you guys have the same haircut? No, no, wait a minute with the haircut comments. I haven't worn a flat top. Now, I, Dude, I you mean, got the top going right now. No, it's, it's get the, it's, oh, here, I'll kick it up for you. Here you go. Is that better? Oh, wow, yeah. Hey, your tube glue is running a little oh, bit. Nice. The, uh, no, I used to have a flat top. That's true, but... Uh no, Bill Paxton's great. I think it's one of the best comedy roles. Uh, you know, you know, that's a signature thing of any John Hughes movie is he's got the one really great comic character. So you have, you have your Long Duck Dong, maybe you have your uh, I don't even know who'd be in. Uh, I guess it's almost the principal in Breakfast Club. Is it Bender? But yeah, or it's Bender maybe. I mean, Breakfast Club is kind of weird. But pretty in pink, you got Ducky. Yeah, you know, so you almost have. So here you have, you have Chet, and but Chet's, Chet's great. not sympathetic at all. I mean, he's really no, not at all. No, no, I love, I love. I mean, you might even make the case that Chet is the best villain of any John Hughes movie. Dun dun dun. The best he's villain. Of, uh, I, you know, I I have to say, yeah, yeah. He's thinking. Is he better than? Is he better than Hardy Jens? From uh, some kind of wonderful, wonderful maybe. Hardy is really evil. Is he better than Steph, played by the great James Spader? In uh, see those Pretty guys. The reason I give the vote to those guys is they were supposed to be more real, and Chet's obviously you know cartoonish. Yeah, he is. But but I even even with Steph, you get the impression with Steph that uh, he liked Andy. You yeah. know, and some of what some of his behavior was based on the fact that he you know he did like her. With uh, with Hardy Jens and, and uh, some kind of wonderful Hardy Jens, there is no remorse. No, from Hardy Jens, he's only remorse pure he evil sh- even to the end. Yeah, he just doesn't, what doesn't want to get his ass kicked? He just doesn't want to get his ass kicked. And the villain is really was there a villain in in Sixteen Candles? I mean, who would the villain be? The sister, the older sister is getting married. Maybe the the younger brother, the. Uh, the prom queen parents I, maybe oh uh, yeah the um i guess his girlfriend but even she sleeps with uh, farmer ted yeah, at the end yeah i mean no 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 good comes of chet i mean he's turned into a giant blob blob he's <laughs> one a flat top he's one yeah he's one That's step away from getting elephant balls until he <laughs> sweets talk, talks his way out of it i don't know yeah, it could be the case. Go. It's good. You're very proud of yourself. No, but I, I don't. Uh, I don't associate myself with chess. I uh, maybe more Wyatt. Wyatt was like me in high school. Uh, you know, quiet. Not you know, kind of like me now. Quiet, not confident. Yeah. You know, always. You know, something good happens to me. I'm always kind of wondering. You know what I. You know what I do to deserve this. Um, which are one? You, are you gonna say I'm, I'm more Gary? You're more Gary. Really? Yeah. Why would I'm you talk fast? Bad, you talk fast. Hair. You're trying to shim sham me all the time. Shim sham? You mean flim flam? Flim flam. <laughs> shim sham. I'm not shim shamming you. The uh, you, my shim sham. You talk away fast. From you. When you get drunk, you uh, you get crazy like uh, Gary does. <laughs> and of yeah. course, there's that really painful incident when you were a kid and your mom caught you in the bathroom. Oh, Gary! 
Just off to anything. You told me you were combing your hair. But I was. I was. I like it when the uh, we see meet Gary's parents and they hold up the picture of him. That's the Farmer Ted picture. Yeah, that's good. It's beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. But yeah, I see as you more and more as you talk about, it, you're getting very nostalgic for it, aren't you? Well, it, you know, it's a moment in time. It, you know, it's it is a science fiction movie as seen by a high school freshman. Yeah. It is a. Did the, the computer stuff really bother you back then? Yeah. Did they know, really have machines where you could like put in pictures and it would somehow process them? It would scan it as an image, but you couldn't stick a photo of Kelly LeBrock into a machine and it wouldn't turn into a three D. Right. You know, you couldn't stick a, a photo of Einstein in there and it would somehow pull intelligence out of it. I love the fact that John Hughes it, it he wrote this in two days. There is no plot. Oh, and then the the worst part of the movie is when those stupid road warrior guys show up on their motorcycles. And, oh, this is supposed to be a big uh, test of the courage uh, of Gary and Wyatt's courage. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. terrible. But I, think, I, I don't think he put it in there to be serious. I think he put it in there to be like... He put it in there because, you know what? His movie ran out after 40 <laughs> minutes, and he had to like uh, get to at least, what, a buck 20? Yeah. 90 minutes, maybe? It's 90 minutes tops. The, um, the guy who actually plays that, that motorcycle is actually the guy from Road Warrior. Oh, really? Yeah. They, he was watching. I remember hearing a story about Hughes was watching uh, The Road Warrior with Anthony Michael Hall while they were filming Breakfast Club. And, he's, and he points at that guy. He's like, we're going to get this guy for our next film. And Anthony Michael Hall's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And sure enough, he shows up on set, and there See, he is. See, it was all like a big parlor game for John Hughes. Yeah, in a way it was. Joke. I think he was kind of high on uh, Breakfast Club, you know, the whole, like, I could do no wrong. And and came up with this script that just was like, you know, I can I can phone it in, in a way. It almost, if anything, it, it, it feels like a pilot of a TV show. It's two-dimensional. And it did become a TV show. Yeah, a really unsuccessful yeah. one. You know, you're saying that, that Chet is is pretty villainous, you know? However, I might say that the, the two bigger villains and the guy you love to quote are Robert Downey Jr., who plays one of the uh, the mean boyfriends, and then his buddy. By the way, it's just Robert Downey in this movie. He had, yeah, he had Robert Downey. You have to take on yeah, the... Uh, but yeah. you love quoting Robert Downey in this movie. Yeah, I love quoting Robert Downey in any movie. Tom Foolery. Tom Foolery. You I love just, that. I love that line. <laughs> they dump the, the, the squishies Slushy on the heads. Him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has. Let's face it. There are. This is. It's almost like a Saturday Night Live skit that got stretched into ninety minutes. Yeah, and uh, and that's not such a bad thing. Um, before we get too much further, though, I want to talk about the music, right? Because the music of this movie is uh, it's iconic. This is one of the few songs that um, you see out. You know, Weird Science by Oingo Boingo. First time I think that Oingo Boingo was ever used in. Uh, as the feature music of a movie, you hear them a little bit at the very end of uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You see them in uh, Last American Virgin. But to actually feature a movie, this would actually go down, I believe, as Danny Elfman's first uh, like real movie. movie were you work. telling me that the song was taken away from him? Yeah, rumor has it that uh, the song Word Science was taken away from Oingo Boingo from Danny Elfman before he could finish it. He was still working on it. Time was up. And they swooped in and said, uh, you know, we need it now. The version on the soundtrack album is like three minutes long. If you check the uh, version on their album version, it's closer to seven minutes long. Oh, I'd like to hear that version. 
That's the same droning chorus over and over. <laughs> yeah. It's not that much better, but I, I think they were just kind of peed that they could have made it a better song if they had a little bit more time. You know, that's the. I mean, if you want to talk about it, that's that makes it feel like a John Hughes movie more than anything. That eclectic soundtrack. That's the one thing he did bring over from the other movies. Yeah, and it, but the one bad thing is okay. So you, everybody knows weird science. You know, uh, tenderness is also just as important to the movie as from general science. public, general and you hear that towards the end. Right. Those are the two iconic songs. And that, he gives them a total plug with the album cover. You yeah, see that. he does. The those those two songs act as the bookcase really for the soundtrack. But there's a lot Book of little ends. songs. Bookends. What I say? Bookcase. Oh shit! <laughs> Keep going. This is a bad podcast, folks. <laughs> it's almost as bad as the movie. Isn't it? I shim shammed. <laughs> I used bookcases. That's cases. how smart we are. Oh That's man! That's how good we are. It's the tofu man. Yeah, you eat tofu. I buy you lunch and you order tofu. I had to. Um, I'm gonna beat you over the head with a turkey leg. <laughs> the uh, a tofurkey leg. <laughs> they actually make turkey out of tofu. Ah, finally, we can talk about something else other than our suckiness. Hey, it's time for Reader Mailbag. You know what? Everyone's always talking about the best Stuck in the 80s podcast. Yeah. I think we should start talking about the worst. This could be it. This is it. We're living it. It's because I was out on that. I'm tired. You're, you know, ate tofu for lunch. (laughs) We can't get any magic going. No. This This sucks. You know, it sucks the fact that we know that... We're in the middle of the suckiest one we've ever done. It's and yet like there's a strange comfort to our suckiness. Yeah, it's like a big warm blanket. Hey, what do people usually say? Have you ever asked someone what the the shittiest uh, uh, the Tom Wopat interview? <laughs> uh, the cars, the cars oh, one. I was gonna. I was hoping you were still say ones I wasn't in. No, because everything I touched. No, Wopat was a disaster. I, I gotta be honest. I never listened to the Wopat one. There's no need to ever. The Cars podcast. God, I have no recollection we, of that. We did that one the same day. Who we was were, the co-host on that with us? Kathy. That was Kathy. And we did, uh, we did it the same day we recorded Oingo Boingo. And we, Oingo Boingo first? Yeah, and then we did the Cars. Because it was one of those days where I, like, we were going to be on vacation the next week, so we had yeah. to record two. And I mean, towards the end of it, we're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you have right, a favorite well, car song? No, no. You have a favorite car song? The no. Weird Science Podcast could be up there. Yeah, this is definitely up there. All right. Let's have some fun with Reader Mailbag. Yeah. Now. I got great. All right, this. I got great letters. Okay. It's good. These letters are going to save the show. <laughs> I don't know if anything could save this show. Our first letter is from Mr. Doug Hatch. He calls himself Doug Loudon Hatch. He says he's a new fan. And there's another twist here on this one. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah I need something. Pet Let me up, start off with some positive comments. I just recently found your podcast. I really enjoy it and even laugh out loud now and then. <laughs> Not, Not this, this one. one. <laughs> I enjoy them so much, I began to listen to the old casts. That's when I found the Vision Quest podcast. And I couldn't disagree more with your breakdown of the movie. It is not about man love. And that's all capitalized with lots of exclamation points. It is not about man love. I hope somebody takes that as their ringtone, me saying that. (laughs) (laughs) That's my mom calling. It is not about man love. The, The letter goes on. It is about a man with a dream or quest of achieving a goal or greatness. The wrestling match at the end, I assume you have never wrestled, was a battle between two men. Wrestling is where two men put everything they have into a six-minute battle. 
There is no blaming others. You accept any loss as your fault. And much like a Leonard Hearns bout from the 80s, there is no feelings of love between the combatants. This is a movie that inspires all athletes, and especially wrestlers, no matter what their age is. I think it even inspired you. I assume you felt like going after a dream or working out afterwards, not running Brokeback Mountain. Please explain that in wrestling or fighting or ultimate fighting, the two grapplers do not love each other. A new fan, Doug Loudon Hatch. <laughs> what are we to make? Of it is not <laughs> about man love. Oh, that's my phone. Hold on a second. <laughs> wow, Doug Hatch is furious. Yeah. I don't think I said it was about man love. I guarantee you said it was about man love. <laughs> what? Did I really? <laughs> yes. Is that a good uh, podcast? Yeah, well, I thought it was a great podcast until now. God, I have to say. Doug Hatch. Doug, we were God. kidding. Yeah, God, we were kidding. We actually like it. I have we, that on vinyl, for Christ's sake. I sakes. have the DVD. I watch it all the time. Right after Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> but uh, Have you seen Brokeback? Yeah, I have seen it. What would you think? Well, I saw like the first half. I didn't, I didn't think there was enough gay sex in it. <laughs> Too much beans. Too much beans being being. There's eaten. a lot of yeah. No, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was very uh, erotic. I, I've already emailed Doug and I, I cleared the air with him. I told him that, you know we we were kidding about that. Obviously, we know Vision Quest is a Vision Quest is all about the. <laughs> <laughs> all right, are you ready for letter number two from Tommy Doucette from the great city of Los Angeles? Hey, guys, I caught Steve's appearance on Penn & Teller's Bullshit. You represented Stuck in the 80s fans perfectly, as usual, and you looked great doing it. You are a much better ambassador for the 80s than the other freaks spotlighted in that episode for any of the time periods they were highlighting. I must say that the 80s seem to have been given short shrift on the show compared to the 50s and the Renaissance. A couple of losers watching Leave it to Beaver deserve their own segment? And what about those yahoos dressed as knights and peasants? Give me a break. I think more people are into the 80s than any other decade by far. But that's just one man's humble opinion. Walking in L.A., Tommy Doucette, Los Angeles. Ah, very nice. Have you seen the uh, Penn & Teller uh, outtake yet? Have you seen the show? I have not. It's, it'll be, you can watch it when you come over to my uh, The Lair this weekend. Oh, yeah. We might party on Saturday night. Woo! Yeah. The, let's put on our wrestling outfits. Yeah. Come on. We can grapple. Greco-Roman, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it is not about man love. What's up? happening hot stuff ah by the sound of the gong it must be time for mystery movie moment hey it's the weekly fun time recess for the mentally there's, impaired there's no fun during this show not this show thank it all right at a scale of one to ten what would you give this show so far ten being good yeah oh, four wow anyway here was last week's mystery clip i love you i've loved you since i met you no surprise there. That's officer and a gentleman. We only had one winner this week, Lori Meinhardt. Two winners, Jeff and Cuba. <laughs> Damn it. Jeff no, and you Cuba. you got to keep Jeff down. You got to keep the man you know down. What, I think Harriet gave him the answer. Oh, nice. <laughs> anyway, so cool. Jeff and Cuba and hey, Lori. Hey, guys, we're going to start uh, selling T-shirts. We should tell them on the Stuck in the 80s uh, merchandise site. We're going to uh, say Harriet fans t-shirts. <laughs> really? For everybody. Yeah, Harriet in Cuba. Nice. And then on the back, it'll say Jeff sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff.
Jeff and Cube and Lori Miner are this week's winners. Lori says, I know this one. It's from Officer and a Gentleman. I must confess that I listen to the podcast sporadically, hardly ever watch movies, and care even less about them. Well, she's a real fan. So maybe I don't deserve to be a winner. <laughs> Leave her alone. Nah, she's great. I love her. She's part of Daily Nation. Yeah. I'm a little ticked off she came over here. Uh, it's simply a fluke. fluke. I happened to catch the end of the movie sometime in the last year. I recall the exact scene where Gear and Deborah Winger were standing on the beach after the suicide, and she says that line to him. No snacks are necessary or even desired, but if you could remind Sean that he once promised me a package a while back. Sadly, said package has yet to arrive, and I'm sure he's completely forgotten about it. Or maybe it was just another empty Sean Daly promise. Oh, brutal. Lori, what are you doing? Cheers from Lori Meinart. Yeah. Do you I, remember what you sent? Yeah, for- I'm not going to say it on the air, but uh, they're still on my desk, Lori. They really are. I haven't forgotten about you. You're my favorite uh, reader. Really, I adore you. Please don't give up on me. Pay attention. Here's this week's Empty Promise. Good night, Ned. Okay, Sean. Dare I ask? Well, I was trying to think of another John Hughes porn title. You know, and then I thought it pretty in pink. And I'm like, well, that just kind of works on its Yeah, you don't have to it? change that at well, all. Really, we encourage people to write in your own John Hughes movie porn titles. Or it could be a sequel too, so it could be Pretty in Pink too, and then have and then the oh, I see people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do that if you want. As always, we'll receive your winning answers at stuckinies at tempe dot com. Tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Hey, name that eighties tune's gonna save us, baby. No, it's not. We made it to the. We are so screwed. It's now down to a two. Oh, why? Uh, was it that fake laugh just then? <laughs> yeah, it was, was kind of breathy. It, was it breathy. wasn't even a laugh. It was like a creepy cackle, like you should be next to Migs in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> nice. Tuck it. <laughs> um, <laughs> this sucks. We're done. Just, right, come on. Name can, that 80s tune. Come on. Come on. And tune in next week. Uh, anyway, here was last week's mystery tune. Hey, that's Adam Ant with Stand and Deliver. Oh, Mr. Daly. You hate Adam Ant, don't you? Uh, no, I like I like a couple of the, the hits. You love him. Oh, God, yeah. I refuse to do a podcast on Adam Ant until I get that guy on the phone. What's his real name? Stuart Goddard. I bet no. I bet we didn't have a single winner this week. For this. no, we had a lot. A lot of people love the ant. Dominic uh, Casario. You give you let Dom win every week. You try to keep Jeff and Cuba down, and yet Dom has won like thirty-seven straight weeks. I don't think I've ever sent Dom. No, I know. I, I just sent him something. I'd send him some fun. Finally, news. Dom's so Dom. Good, did and I he send loves you? Something? you. I'm like gum on Dom's shoe, and no. yet I'm the one who's protecting No, you know what? At last week's regeneration tour, you know, the stop in Clearwater, everybody asked, you know, is Sean here? Is Sean here? No, they didn't. Don't give me that crap. Even Dale Bosio was like, is Sean Daly here? <laughs> uh, some of the other winners include Brad Williams, Tony Green, and Terry Clayton, who writes, This week's Name That 80s Tune is Stand and Deliver by Adam and the Ants. This is actually my wife Vicky's guess. 
Thanks for the shout-out on last week's show for the correct answer. And as you said on the podcast, we are big fans of Stuck in the 80s in England. And you definitely need to make a big 80s trip to this side of the pond. Keep up the great work on the podcast. As in this part of the England, we remain stuck in the 80s. Nice. That was very nice. Thank you, Terry. Um, I want to go. No offense to Terry in England, but really, every time October rolls around, can we please go to Munich and do an Oktoberfest show? Please? How about when you come over to my lair on Saturday night? I just wear layered hosen. <laughs> you know what? That was going to be my Halloween costume. I'm either going to do later hosen or uh, Elvis jumpsuit. Oh, I'll do the later hosen. Should I do later hosen? Yeah, Elvis is too predictable. Is later hosen like a kilt? Do I not wear undies? Do I go? Do I go commando in later hosen? Uh, only you would think to ask that question. <laughs> you know what I'm going to dress as this year? It's already been decided. What? If the, if the Vegas girlfriend comes to town, which she's she's, she's going to be here for Halloween, hopefully. She, I'm going to buy her, and she, she's going to wear it, this, the Princess Leia slave outfit. And you're going to go as Jabba? And I'm going as Jabba. <laughs> we got to we beat you up, baby. <laughs> I love your Jabba. <laughs> but you're going to be all thin, and she, I could go as that little critter. Yeah, you love it, don't you? I'll go as Larry Solo. Yeah, that'd be great. You can wear the vest and everything. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. Uh, I'm not even flying it back to you, Daly. You're just going to come up with some lame shtick. It is some sort of Euro trash. It's always a good guess on this show. As always, if you know the correct answer, email us at stuckinnews at com because you too can be a meatless tofurkey pup. No way. No way. What? Oh, hell no. What? First of all, we lose Funyuns to <laughs> Munchos. We now we're losing no more wieners for when you're vegetarian tube things. Yeah, you know, unbelievable with you. You know, in all fairness, what else are you gonna take away next? Name that '80s tune. My mailbag, <laughs> my microphone, Steve. When do you take that away? Huh? What is Vegas girlfriend gonna be sitting in the seat? <laughs> you can just make eyes at each other, huh? Say wiener. <laughs> Say it. Wiener. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Mike Metcalf from Bellingham, Massachusetts. Just wanted to give you both a call, let you know how much I love the show. Uh, keep up the good work and keep the new episodes coming. And thanks for keeping us all hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Ah, the great Mike Metcalf. Call right. sign Viper. I almost feel bad that we 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 Metcalf is part of one of the worst shows in in. Sunday I'm sure Metcalf history. doesn't feel good about that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's trying to think. Oh God, why did I leave that fan greeting? Yeah, couldn't have used it some other show. Anyway, but we have one more thing before yeah, we can let you go. You ready to to, uh, to prove your unworthiness once again for <laughs> the eighties nation? I've been doing it for the last hour. Yeah, no kidding. This is bad. It's really bad, but it's it's almost so bad. It's uh, it's bad. No, it's just bad. Yeah. It's not one of those bad but funny episodes. No, it's just bad. Like last week's, brilliant. I loved it. You were downplaying the whole, you know, recap of the the retro concerts. I thought it was gold, baby. Yeah, this is uh this isn't even gold. No. <laughs> All right, come on, let's finish tin up. Foil. We ha- you have wrapped around a tennis ball. You have a weird science trivia quiz. Yep, for me. here we go. You guys ready? Five questions. Sean will try to hesitate before spitting out his incorrect answer so that hopefully you can play along at home. Mr. Daly? Yes. Focused? Yes. Feeling good about it? Uh. 
<laughs> Question number one. Was Weird Science the very first film credit for Kelly LeBrock? Uh, no. Uh, the Woman in Red. Yes, very oh, good. So I wasn't sure if that was before or after. Just she's, the year before. Oh, she's hot Woman in Red, too. After Weird Science, she actually won the uh, Show West Award for, I think, up-and-coming female actress. Really? Yeah, and she didn't really do much after this. She, after this uh, you know who killed her was Seagal, right? She married yeah. Seagal to she married like, Seagal for 10 movies. years, and, oh. and uh, that pretty much killed her career. You know, I... um. I saw a picture of her recently. She's all milfy and everything. She looks good. I like yeah. it. I like that. Look. She's still acting. I mean, she still does a lot of acting. She was on like Celebrity Fit Club on VH1 and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, she, she lost some of the poundage. I like the poundage. Though. Yeah, I but she, she looked good currently. Yeah, she does. She does look, she looks great. You know, she's only like seven years older than me. You know I me. Mean? I like them with a little, some extra LBs. She's only seven years older than me. I thought she was a lot older she's than me. She's 57? 57. Dick. <laughs> I thought she looked really, really good. She should do like an off-off-Broadway version of uh, The Graduate. She'd be a good Mrs. Robinson. She would be a great Mrs. Robinson. Starring Sean Daly. Daly. Mrs. Robinson, are you trying to seduce me? Because <laughs> it's fine with me. Yeah. Boink, boink. <laughs> and the show got even worse. Yeah. All right, come on. Weird Science Trivia Quiz. Let's wrap it up. Let's get some okay, number uh, two, number choices. Two. Number two. Right. Actor John Kapolis appears in three John Hughes movies, including Weird Science. Can you name his character in Weird Science, the other two movies, and his roles in those as well? Dude, that's a, what, a, what? Am I some sort of savant? Nah, he's the, the janitor in The Breakfast Club, right? Yeah, he's Carl the janitor in The Breakfast Club. And he's the husband in 16 Candles he's of, Rudy. The, of the sister. He's Rudy. Rudy. And is he Tony in this? Dino. Dino. Ah, crap. And I love. I'm giving myself. Uh, nah, you get it. You get it. Right. Full credits. Full right. credits. Two for two. Not bad. Ready? Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Credited only, of course, as Robert Downey. Yes. Plays the role of Ian. Prior to this movie, his only big role was in Tough Turf. Can you name the other 1980s movie he appears in with Anthony Michael Hall? Johnny Be Good. Yeah. Yeah. He plays the wide receiver, right? To Johnny yeah. Be Good. The way you uh, say that, it sounds dirty. <laughs> he plays the wide receiver for Anthony but Michael Hall. But is he like a zany wide receiver? He like... was, yeah, he was pretty much out of it then. No, actually, yeah. he, was, he was also he played the backup quarterback too, I think. Do you own Johnny Be Good? No. It's terrible, it's, right? It's worse. And Anthony much Michael worse. Hall is really a jerk in it, right? Yeah. And uh, Uma Thurman. To be. Uma Thurman's to be in there. Ugh. Oh, it's awful. Awful. Unwatchable. Uh, three for three. Unwatchable. But I'll still watch it if it comes on tonight. How ironic that I'm killing this quiz. I'm doing great. Yeah. And it's the worst show ever. Worst show. No, no one ever. No one. No one's listening. listening. <laughs> People just me, out just you, and uh, the FF. Yeah. Ready? And maybe Vegas girlfriend. Not even she gave up by now. Uh, question number four. Yes. Why do Gary and Wyatt name Kelly LeBrock's character Lisa? Uh, that is the name of Gary's uh, the girl who who Gary loves at school, and she made him cry. Right? How would she make him cry? Kicked, oh, kicked him in the balls. Yes. Yeah, all right. Oh, my God. I don't know if you're going to get this last four one. Four for four. This last question is uh, is an important one. Ah. But I think you're going to get it wrong. Uh, I really, I've never gone five for five on a quiz. All right, come on. What's the answer to the eternal question, why are they wearing bras on their heads? Oh, man. It's a one-word response. Anthony because? Michael Hall's character says it. Because? 
No. Ceremonial. Ceremonial. Ah. Tough one. Nobody would have gotten that. Yeah, if I had watched the show last night instead of like two weeks ago. Nah. It, no, you did ah. great. You did great. That was a hard one. Four for five. Nobody, nah, nobody you know, was going to get that one. It wasn't as hard as you thought. Anyway. Uh, this show's as bad as we thought, well, though, we'd like it? to thank the uh, two or three listeners who are still listening to us yes. on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we should have prizes for them. God. We should, we should put like a little Easter egg right here. If you, if you remember this part of the podcast, we will send you whatever you want. See, that's, you know, and I did prep for this show, too. Oh, I got pages of notes and all over the did. place. And that's why I should come in here with no notes, yeah. no idea what topic Too is. Too much thinking. And you say, boom, and then we just go. Yeah. We run with it. You know what you should do next week? Let's just do a call-in show. This sucks. I can't do any I'll more prep. I'll do a call-in show. I have a few things to say to certain of our, uh, our listeners. Lori Minard. Yep. I, love, I love Lori. Yeah, I was going to say. She's good to me. She's good to me. If the Vegas girlfriend called him, what would you say to her? Rumor has it, by the way. Oh! Yeah, what happened to that? I know what you're going to say. Vegas girlfriend does have a younger sister. What's her name? Oh, wait. Does she have like a, a cool nickname yet? Wait, we don't know. Rumor has it that they are working feverishly on a fan greeting just for you. What does the youngest sister look like? Have you seen a picture of her? Um, No. But uh, I'm told she's uh, deliciously hot. No kidding. I mean, I, I, come on. I have a wonderful family. <laughs> I can't do anything. So we'll find out. I don't want to even this, be involved. No yeah, temptation. so th- there's your Easter egg, my friends. <laughs> All right. There you go. Yeah. All right. Wrap Please up this. cue the end of this friggin' <laughs> podcast. Hey, in the meantime, until we find out the name of the VG's uh, hot sister, uh, until the tofu goes through my sister. <laughs> Here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Read the blog at blogs.tampabay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.